Good morning, friends. It has been a long time. I have missed you. Today is Friday, the 11th of March, 2022. It is Ember Friday, um, the Friday of the first full week of Lent, Lent having started um, last Wednesday with Ash Wednesday. Our readings today are Psalm 95 is the inventory and 40 and 54. Genesis 41 through 23, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 through 23, and the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to God, for God is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and repents of evil. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness and the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God is full of compassion and mercy. Come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to God with psalms. For our God is a great God and a great ruler above all gods. In God's hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are God's also. The sea is God's, for God made it, and God's hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker, for this is our God. And we are the people of God's pasture, and the sheep of God's hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to God's voice. Harden not your hearts, as your forebears did in the wilderness at Meribah and on that day at Massah, when they tempted me. They put me to the test, though they had seen my works. Forty years long I detested that generation and said, These people are wayward in their hearts. They do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. God is full of compassion and mercy. Come. Let us worship.
Psalm 40. I waited patiently for God. God inclined to me and heard my cry. God drew me up from the desolate pit, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. God put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in God. Happy are those who make God their trust, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O oh my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O God. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O God, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O God, make haste to help me. Let all those be put to shame and confusion who try to snatch away my life. Let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my heart, my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is our God. As for me, I am poor and needy, but God takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Psalm 54. Save me, O God, by your name, and vindicate me by your might. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For the insolent have risen against me. The ruthless seek my life. They do not set God before them. But surely God is my helper. God is the upholder of my life. God will repay my enemies for their evil. In your faithfulness, put an end to them. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to your name, O God, for it is good. For God has delivered me from every trouble, and my eye has looked in triumph on my enemies. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Genesis, chapter 40, verses 1 through 23. Sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. 
Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard, in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he waited on them, and they continued for some time in custody. One night they both dreamed, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers, who were with him in custody in his master's house, Why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, We have had dreams, and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out, and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. And within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But remember me when it is well with you. Please do me the kindness to make mention of me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this place. For in fact, I was stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should have put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream. There were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered, this is its interpretation. The three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a pole, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the chief, head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his cupbearing, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. But the chief baker he hanged, just as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. F, Song of Lamentation Is it nothing to you, all you who pass by? Look and see if there is any sorrow like my sorrow, which was brought upon me, inflicted by God's fierce anger. For these things I weep, my eyes flow with tears. For a comforter is far from me, for a comforter is far from me, one to revive my courage. Remember my affliction and my bitterness. Warm wood and gall, the steadfast love of God never ceases. God's mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God is my portion, says my soul. Therefore will I hope in God. It is good that we should wait quietly for the coming of God's salvation.
A reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3, verses 16 through 23. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, God catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, God knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human leaders, for all things are yours whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle S, a song of our true nature. Christ revealed our frailty and our falling our trespasses, and our humiliations. Christ also revealed their blessed power, their blessed wisdom and love. Christ protects us as tenderly and as sweetly when we are in greatest need. Christ raises us in spirit and turns everything to glory and joy without ending. God is the ground and the substance, the very essence of nature. God is the true parent of nature's. We are all bound to God by nature, and we are all bound to God by grace. And this grace is for all the world, because it is our precious mother, Christ. For this fair nature was prepared by Christ for the honor and nobility of all, and for the joy and bliss of salvation. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 22. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd gathered around him, and he taught them. As he was walking along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And Jesus said to him, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. And as Jesus sat at dinner in Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were also sitting with Jesus and Jesus' disciples. For there were many who followed Jesus. When the scribes of the Pharisees saw that Jesus was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to Jesus' disciples, Why does Jesus eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard this, Jesus said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting, and people came and said to them, and said to Jesus, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus said to them, 
The wedding guests cannot fast while the bridegroom is with them, can they? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, otherwise the patch pulls away from it. The new from the old and a worse tear is made, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and the wine is lost, and so are the skins. But one puts new wine into fresh wineskins. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. In place of the affirmation of faith this morning, we're going to use the response of faith found in the Iona Abbey worship book. It can be found on page 65. With the whole church, we affirm that we are made in God's image, befriended by Christ, empowered by the spirit. With people everywhere, we affirm God's goodness at the heart of humanity, planted more deeply than all that is wrong. With all creation, we celebrate the miracle and wonder of life, the unfolding purposes of God forever work in ourselves and the world. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. Will you suffrages set A? Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth. You're saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. This being Ember Friday, we will say the colics for the ministry. Almighty God, the giver of all good gifts, in your divine providence, you've appointed various orders in your church. Give your grace, we humbly pray, to all who are called to any office and ministry for your people. And so fill them with the truth of your doctrine and clothe them with holiness of life that they may faithfully serve before you. To the glory of your great name and for the benefit of your holy church, through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you led your holy apostles to ordain ministers in every place. 
grant that your church, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, may choose suitable persons for the ministry of word and sacrament, and may uphold them in their work for the extension of your dominion. Through the one who is the shepherd and bishop of our souls, Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers, which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you. Through our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now, friends, is the time where we pray what I think of as personal prayers. I feel like this time that we come together and we pray the same beautiful words and we listen to the scriptures together is communal prayer. And then this time, I think, is carved out to pray not just for individuals, that's not what I mean by personal prayers, but each of us personally to pray for all of those people and places and things that God has placed upon our hearts for prayer. So let us lift up and circle in love and hold in the light all that the Holy Spirit calls us to pray for. Amen. And then now is the time when I usually share a few of my thoughts with you um, on the scriptures. And my thoughts are a little jumbled today. So forgive me for that. I so appreciate you being here with me. Um, I think I've said before, and those of you who know me in person know that I am a verbal processor. So I talk things through <laughs> and a lot of times insight or a message comes through the discussion of or the conversation about a subject. And so I feel like that's kind of part of what we do here. And then I feel a little guilty because it I get so much out of it. So I hope that there is something in it for you too, but thank you for all that you give to me. So I'm just going to kind of go through our readings in the order that we read them and just tell you the things that particularly spoke to me today. And I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to sit and sip my morning beverage while we do this, just like we're having a conversation here in my bay window with all the candles around. So maybe picture that. Beginning with Psalm 40, I was struck by the first lines here that God heard the psalmist cry 
And God rescued the psalmist, drew the psalmist up from the desolate pit and out of the miry bog. And in order for God to draw, which to me gives an image of, of like reaching down and lifting up, not this like distant magical force propelling, but like hand in hand pulling up. This and the fact that God hears the cry says to me that we are not alone, that God hears us. There are so many times when it feels like injustice is going unseen. And I know that with what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine and unfortunately just the everyday violence in our world, we can feel like these terrible injustices are being committed without um, God doing anything about them. And I think that's one of maybe the most common things that we get really um, hopeless about and sometimes turn away from God. And so it's so tough to see when you're in the middle of it, but God is there in the middle of it with us. God is God hears everything and God sees everything and is even right now lifting us all out of the bog, out of the pit, hand grasped in our hand, getting muddy and dirty, pulling us out of that mire. And then we come to Psalm 54, which is one of the ones that sometimes when I am, again, kind of hearkening back to the injustice bit, when I am feeling really frustrated, um, when I'm feeling personally harmed by a wrongdoer and super frustrated that I feel like I perceive that nothing is being done about it. There are certain Psalms that I like to pray. I kind of call them my angry Psalms that ask God to smite those who are hurting me. Or for me, often it those who are hurting someone I care about, even if it's not someone I care about, personally, um, or even no personally, but a people group. I, I get really riled up when the disenfranchised and the downtrodden are further abused. And so this is, this is one of those that I would pray then. But I think it's interesting here in verse five where the psalmist says that God will repay the psalmist's enemies for their evil. And in God's faithfulness, God will put an end to them. And in my anger, I think, put an end to them, kill them. But I think there's a deeper meaning there, like take them off the planet. <laughs> I think there's a deeper meaning. I think that God is so amazing that when we invite God in, God can work a miracle in anyone, you know, even, even Vladimir Putin. And, and the end is not necessarily the end of the person, but the end of the person is that we know them as their woundedness manifesting as evil and hurt in the world. This, I think, is what ends and what is divine and divinely created 
that core being of us, that our soul and also like that of us, which was created by God out of the very same substance that God, God's self is made of, this part of us that the relationship with God nurtures, this remains. And it's my personal belief that this remains when we die as well. So I, this is related to the dying of self that is, is referenced elsewhere in our scriptures. And I wanted to hold on to that, that it is not the evil doer that we wish to end, but the evil doings of this beloved created child of God. And I know that's something that we talk about often, but in the midst of anger and sorrow and fear, it is helpful to me to go back and remember this. So thank you for, for going back and remembering with me. And this I think is related to what Joseph asks of the cupbearer. He says to the cupbearer, remember me when it is well with you. Please do me the kindness to make mention of me to Pharaoh and so get me out of this place. So in our Psalm, we, we are praying to God. We are beseeching God to lift us out of the mire. And in Joseph, we see that um, the cupbearer is Joseph foretells that he is going to be lifted up um, out of the dungeon and back into Pharaoh's favor. And Joseph asks to be remembered. And I think this is a really important point. And I want to first caveat what I'm going to say with, you know, when we have been, when people have been victimized and are still in danger, it is not always the right time for them to go back into danger, especially that same danger to rescue someone else. So I'm, I'm not advocating here for people um, martyring themselves, but what I am advocating for is that when we are, as Joseph says to the cupbearer, when it is well with us, when we are rescued, to remember others, to, to go and then rescue others. And I think, you know, in evangelical circles, I think this is a lot of what's meant by sharing our testimony, sharing our story, letting others know that they are not alone, normalizing the hurt and the sin that we all encounter in the world. And I don't mean normalizing it like it's okay, but normalizing it to take away the shame that we are not the only ones affected whether it is a sin that we have done or a sin that uh, committed rather, or a sin that has been done against us, we are not alone. We are not alone in it. And by remembering each other, I think what is meant is, is that sometimes we are, as it says elsewhere in scripture, we are God's hands and feet walking to be with those who are alone, 
lifting into the pit to lift, to, to pull out the one who is there. And a lot of times I think we don't do that. We are so relieved to be rescued ourselves that we act instead like the slave mentioned elsewhere in scripture who, when forgiven the debt, turns around and then inflicts pain and hardship on the one who's indebted to him. Just as God rescues and forgives and loves, so should we. That's the goal, right? For us to reflect our amazing love relationship with God in our other relationships in the world. And by this, I don't mean that we are Christ, but that sometimes Christ acts through us. And so on the other side of the pit, it is our holy and loving responsibility to rescue others. We cannot stand aside and watch injustice be done. And also, we should, with the holy discernment of the Holy Spirit, be led in how we respond. We don't we aren't all called to rescue or respond in the same way, just as we all have different gifts, talents, abilities, and are in different seasons and circumstances of life, we can act in different ways. And always the most important action I think is prayer. So thank you. for praying and for acting and for listening, friends. And whether it is that you can donate funds or accept a refugee family or whatever way you can contribute, I pray that you pray to the Spirit for guidance and then step forward in faith and action. And I pray this for myself as well. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be preaching at you. Every word I say is is, is much for myself. Um, thank you for listening to them. Then we have our, our letter to the Corinthians, or our portion of the first letter to the Corinthians. And for me, in the context of our other readings today, this is a reminder that we are holy and we have the spirit. We have the divine right here in us. And that divinity, the Holy Spirit, the divine in us is the source of all true wisdom. And as much as we want to be able to break it down into a formula and lay it out visually with a Venn diagram, sometimes Actually, I guess I'm going to be absolute here and I will say always, always we must turn to God and, and seek the wisdom of the spirit over and above all else, discerning our appropriate actions. Because there are things that in some circumstances and for some people are good and holy and for others are wounding
So may we stop and seek divine wisdom, guidance, and discernment before we act, before we speak. Amen. That's a reminder I, I need. Um, lastly, our gospel reading. And Jesus says here, and kind of related to discerning when and how we should act, right? So I guess that's the thread that's coming through for me in our readings today. Um, Jesus says, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have, to call, I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. And I think there's an underlying another meaning, meaning here too, right? Because what the Pharisees considered sin isn't necessarily what Jesus or God considers sin. And so there's kind of, um, I think, I think there's another meaning that's related to like, um, and to continue the metaphor of, of help, the doctor can't help someone who won't go to the doctor, right? Like the prescription cannot cure unless you actually take it. And I think that it, it is this way with Jesus that we, when we have trouble receiving from Christ, receiving love, receiving, receiving guidance, it is not because, so any spiritual sustenance is what I'm going after here. It's, it's not because Jesus isn't giving it. It's not because Christ is not transmitting. It's because there's something going on that we are having trouble receiving. And, you know, I think you've heard me say things along these lines before. With Christ's help, we can remove those blockages. We can, we can remove whatever is getting in the way of us receiving fully Christ's love and all of the things that go along with that compassion and forgiveness and spiritual relationship and doing all of these things. You know, I think about it sometimes like falling out of rhythm with the holy song of all creation and Christ comes along and kind of just, just by tapping out the beat helps us to get back into the rhythm. And, you know, sometimes we've got to let him take the cotton out of our ears to hear um, just as one metaphor example. I think, I think you see where I'm going and I guess you've been listening to me for a long time. So we will draw it to a close there. Thank you so much, my friends with being here today. I, I really appreciate you. And as always, I deeply apologize for anything that I've said incorrectly. If there's any wounding that has been done and has been unintentional, and if there is any good here, then it is me getting out of the way enough for the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Thank you, my friends. Let us close our time together then. Praying together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies 
that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen you to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity. Amen. <laughs>